Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Works. I've seen preacher forums, and I'm not going to say where, when, or how, Brother Hill, but you don't talk about the try to denounce door knocking and say it doesn't work. I've seen it on some preacher forums, and I want to walk on those forums and strangle all of them and go, you know what? What you guys are talking about doesn't work. That's why I want to tell some of them. Uh, I've seen some of their services, but that's besides the point. Don't say something doesn't work unless you know for a fact it doesn't work. That's like saying, you know what, you know, telling me, telling uh, Brother Hill, Donovan Hill, that the way you play music doesn't work. Well, it does work. You may not like the way he's doing it, like he said about an old preacher one time, but it works. So door knocking may not be what you want, but it works. And it still works, and it still uh, works in everywhere we go, because God is still doing great things across this country. And you know why it still works? Let me tell you two, two reasons, and we're going to get right into the preaching of the words. This is, why I've, this is my mentality when I started doing it. My mentality in a world divided by politics and race are the two biggest things that the world tries to divide us by. Politics and race. Seriously, that's what that's it. If you take those two things out, we'd have a great world. Then third would be crime, but politics and race, you know, people fight over that. And you take those two things out. And I made a vow before God, I'm not going to get in, I'm going to break both those barriers. What I meant by that is I don't care about your political views. I don't care who you vote for, and I don't want to know. So we don't ever have those conversations because that's your business, and I could care less. You answer to God, not me, for what you do. Uh, and if you do it on discrimination reasons, then shame on you. I don't ever vote for somebody because of skin. I vote for, for what their values are when it comes to God. I don't care if they look like me. If they're the devil, I'm not voting for them. If they look like you and they're the devil, you should vote for me. That's all I'm saying. Now, when it comes to outreach and soul winning, I said, God, I'm going to reach people, that, some that look like me, but I promise you I'm going to reach the lot, some that don't look like me. And I have kept my word to God. And he has blessed it. Because he's going to show the devil, devil, you want to divide by politics and race. I'm going to build a church that has different political views and different races. The devil, and I'm not joking. Do you know how many times, and I don't mean to offend anybody, and I'm going to preach. I've picked people up in my vehicle. As an, I'm not white, by the way. I'm Italian. I want, and I'm not against white people. Don't misunderstand that. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying I am not Caucasian. People say they think I'm white. I'm not. I'm not. Look at me. Do I look white? Come on. I got dark hair, dark skin. I mean, really. But that's besides the point. But they lump us all together. But that's besides the point. But my point is this. Uh, I've had people get in my vehicle. And I know that there's a fear because of skin. I'm being honest. I've had that happen where they're nervous. They're like, because they've never been in somebody of my skin color's vehicle. And they're wondering. And it's because the devil tries to divide. And my goal, and I don't take offense to that. Listen, sister, uh, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm, I can be blunt because I do this for a living. I love souls. Sister Victor- uh, Valerie, whatever your name is back there, Victoria, whatever you want to be called. I change your name daily. Sister, I've had it once. I've had it 20 times. When people, I pick people up and they're a little nervous. They're like, I've, I, you know, they're, I can tell. They're, they're nervous. You know what? They've not been in somebody that looks like me's car. But instead of taking offense to it, and going, were well, you racist against me? No, I understand where they've come from. 
Maybe they've seen the news and the news tells them everybody looks like me is bad, which is not true. Or maybe they've had a bad experience with one person and that's not true. And instead of taking offense to it, I want to show them a lighter, I want to show them that not everybody is like whatever they've seen or heard about. And if we would do that as a church, don't take offense if somebody looks at you because of your skin and say, hey, you can, I'm going to show you, I'm not going to get offended, I'm going to show you that we're not all bad people. We're not all this and we're not all that. There's good but bad in every skin color. There's good and bad in every demographic. And one more thing, Victoria, and I'm going to preach. We cannot, and that's your name today. We cannot, sweetheart, and I'm not saying that disrespectful husband. Don't come punch me in the face. But I just call it, she's a sweetheart. Do not, do not, he ain't going to hurt me. He knows I'm not doing it wrong. But I want you to understand something. I'm crazy. But uh, I want you to understand something. Do not. Do not ever forget where you came from. If you were of any demographic or any race and you get a little success in your life, don't you go, oh, I got something in my front row loving what I'm getting ready to say. Don't you think you're too good to go back and hang out with those same people that you were raised around and bring them to the church that God saved you from? Don't you think, well, just because God provided you with a good job and a good car and a good husband, don't think you're too good, Bill. Go back up in the hood and bring Granny to church or go bring Uncle Bob to church or go to Redneckville and bring the guy that doesn't have a tooth in his head to church. Don't you think you're too good? Get over your big bad self. You ain't too good. How is God going to bless you when you won't go where... I'm going to preach 15 minutes, but this is I'm just helping you. This is the world. Let me tell you something. I'm from inner city St. Louis. I know I'm Italian, but I was raised in foster care, and I'm going to preach. I wasn't raised with a silver spoon. That's why when you brought it up, you said, when you heard gunshots, she said, she laughed. She said, man, me and one other person, she said, you didn't run. You didn't budge when you heard them gunshots. I said, I was raised around gunshots. I I even screamed. I said, those are way over there, you bunch of wimps. I was raised. I haven't forgot where I came from. I'm not too good to go back and reach people that are hurting that maybe they don't have a car or maybe they're sick in their body or maybe they've had 14 strokes like this lady in the front row it's by the grace and mercy that I haven't had 14 strokes it's by the grace and mercy that you're still healthy and alive it's by the grace and mercy that you got nice clothes on and a job God can take that from you tomorrow Get over your big bad self. Whether you're white, black, or something in between, humble yourself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You owe Him everything. I think my video should go viral on how to stop all the stupidity in the world. And you know what? And if we'll do that, make church not a social justice place, but a place where we preach the word and love people and don't beat up on every time we hear something on the news that happened five million miles away and focus on us and say, you know what? That person was bad. But us, we're going to have revival. We're going to have a move of God. We're not going to let hatred come in this church. We're not going to let division. But we're going to unite together as a unit, have one of the greatest churches that this city has ever seen of, of all different skins. Now, you know, you want an evangelist to come to outreach, well, you better get a little passion with them. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a package deal, bro. Sorry. You know what? If I walk around like this, well, you know, like a lot of our preachers, here we are. Let's have good church, you know. Don't bother me. Let me go to Kentucky Fried afterwards. 
You know, let me scream at you for 20 minutes and then you all come to the altar. Now, pastor, take me to my five-star restaurant and get me in my five-star hotel. That's not how I operate. I love souls. I love you. I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love this little young lady who's getting ready to have surgery. My heart's with her. I just met her, 11th grade, going through a major surgery coming up. She's here today, walked in a strange church. God's going to do something big. Gail, where are you at? I love you. My brother from India who's working here, he lives in, I got a house in Houston. His wife and kids in Houston, but he's working at plants here in, in, from India. He's here today worshiping the Lord. Uh, he's, we call him Anna for short, for whatever. I can't pronounce his long name, so he tells us to call him Anna. Verse 29 says, for gifts and callings are without repentance. That's it. That's why I could do that. I'm going to preach for a few moments. God is immutable. God is immutable. You got that, don't you, Bishop? Who wants a blessing from God? Let's lift up our hands. Lord, I'm not worthy to preach these wonderful people. Thank you for everybody that's taking time to come to the house of the Lord. You're a healer, deliverer, a miracle worker, and you may be seated. I'm Doxy. I'm like a plane. If I'm delayed or taken off, I make up time in the air. Woo! <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? You liked that, didn't you, Brother Hill? I made you laugh. God is speaking in Romans chapter 11, 28, 9, and listen to me closely. I just want everybody to get to know me. And that's why I did what I did. He's telling the Romans who are largely not of the children of Israel. He's teaching the church. The Orthodox Jew is not a friend of the Christian ideology. He says, don't get too much of an attitude because they are still my children. They may be prodigal, but they're mine. They're mine because I said they're mine. And I didn't read this in verse 26 of Romans. It says, to all of Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is mine, verse 27 of Romans, the covenant unto them, which I tell, take away their sins, in verse 28, as concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes, and verse 29, for gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I have read you this scripture. You know why I read you this scripture? Because people have preached it a million times, more than that, and they have misused it over a million times. And I'm, I, am an, I, I am an analytical person. I am not just a soul winner. I like to think I am a preacher enough to know the word of God that I can't stand when preacher misquote, misuse the word of God. For once anybody could sing and they were living right, they said so because you can sing and you, uh, excuse me, were not living right. Just because you can sing, your gifts and callings are without repentance. And I've heard people preach that over and over again. While it is true you don't have to be repentant to be talented, this is not what the scripture is talking about. When you delegate this text over to such a mediocre thought, you limit the intensity of the text itself because God is not taking the time in the middle of his discourse about the children of Israel through they did not embrace Christ, still being elect to stop and say they may be talented, but they're still sinners. That's not what he's saying. What God is saying in this scripture is I am going to deal with them. I'm going to bring them back and deliver. It's going to come and reform them and salvage them because he said, I have unfinished business with them. He's saying the gifts and callings are without repentance. He said, that means if I called you, I won't change my mind, but it doesn't mean I won't deal with you. 
Oh, do you hear what I'm trying to tell somebody? Too many people walk up in the house and say, well, God's my judge. Yeah, you better be careful what you're saying. He didn't say just because your callings are without repentance that he's not going to deal with your struggles. This is not about you. It's about the text, though. If I give my word, I'm going to do something. I will not take my word back. If I give you a gift, I won't take the gift back. If I call you to do something, I won't take my calling back. For the gifts and calling are without repentance. God's gifts and callings are under full warranty. They're never canceled, and they're never rescinded. Right? It's sovereign. It's unchangeable. It's absolute. It is God. If you ask Noah, you can't get drunk enough for his, him to rescind his calling. If you ask Lot, you can't have sexual sin so bad that he will rescind his calling, right? Because when God has blessed you, you don't have to worry about him changing his call. You have to worry about him chastising your Oh, you don't want to hear this. Y'all getting ready to clap your hands because you thought I was saying you could go get drunk and high and live any old way you want. And God would, no, that's not what I'm saying, sugar plum. You better read the word because the world thinks they can go to church and do whatever they want. And they wonder why their lives are a mess. And they wonder why their homes are falling apart. And they wonder why hell's attacking their life because they misquote and misuse scripture. His callings, yes, are not without repentance. They are. But his chastising your life is something that will come with it. I'm not saying you won't be punished. You will be grossly punished for wrongdoing. From who the Lord loveth, he chastiseth. But who he chastiseth, he would rather chastiseth you than change himself. So some of you wonder why you're going through turmoil. And you drug yourself in the house of the Lord today. Stop blaming the devil, sweetheart. He's not omnipresent. Well, the devil's attacking my home. Well, the devil's attacking my city. Well, the devil's attacking my life. That is not true. Maybe God is trying to get your attention because he wants to bring you back to prayer, bring you back to worship, bring you back to the... You think hell's attacking your life? It ain't hell. God's saying, I'm trying to get your attention because your kids are messed up. Your life is lost. It's time to come back to the house of the Lord. It's time to get your life. Lord, teach me not to change when people I love change. We live in a world that's very anti-God. It's sad. And we wonder why there's so many kills. You know what? When you're anti-God, you'll walk up to somebody and shoot them without any kind of repentance. People are crazy in this world, right? Drugs, alcohol, depression, anxiety, brokenness. Why is that? Why do we have more people messed up? Because people don't want to change. Just because my acquaintance has changed their behavior doesn't mean I have got to change mine. Just because you lose your dignity doesn't mean I got to lose mine. It's harder to live for God now more than ever because people are living rougher and worse. Help me to be steadfast and unmovable. Teach me how to be the I am that I am created to be and not bring myself down because you went down. Just because your sister wants to go get drunk and high doesn't mean you got to go get drunk and high. Just because your brother wants to go live on the streets doesn't mean you got to go live on the streets. Just because your brother doesn't want to worship God doesn't mean you don't got to worship God. A day of judgment is coming for us all. So as for me and my house, I want to go to the house of the Lord. You can look at me like I'm crazy, but you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, I will praise. I will praise. Let me explain to you something. Uh, We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. 
you know, people of all ages get sick. People of all ages go through death battles. People of all ages go through brokenness. You know, you don't know what. I walk into a place to get a, uh, uh, one of those herbal tea things. I like all that craziness. I'm weird in that stuff. I'm in all this herbal mess, but that's besides the point. And there's a lady, a girl's picture t- pasted to the, to, the, to the counter. And she, she had passed away. And I'm looking at her going, she couldn't have been more than 18 years old. And I began to think that life is so short and nobody knows when their time is going to come. Every day people are leaving this world of all ages because we are mutable. That means we are dispensable. We are not going to be here forever. The world wants to teach you because you're young, you're going to live forever. That's no guarantee. That doesn't happen. We bury young people daily. And just because you're old doesn't mean you're going to live to see tomorrow. You don't know. But my God is... We are mutable, but my God is immutable in his essence. The word mutable means he will not mutate. He will not change, evolve into something else. My God in his essence is being, he is immutable. God cannot grow. God does not diminish. In his essence, he will never be reduced. In his essence, he is God. The whole world can change around you, but my God is still God. He cannot be reduced and he cannot be increased because he is the rock, right? Throw through storms, my God is God. Through hurricanes, he still does not move. He was perfect when he started and he's absolute in his majesty. Time will not change him because he is eternal. You will grow old if you're allowed to, but he will not. God does not live in time. He lives in eternity and he stands above time. So I am preaching to you, he is unchangeable. He will not be mutated by your circumstances. He made up in his mind, it is what it is. He says it it is because he is immutable in his attributes. So we will pass away, but my God is eternal. Why do people still put so much in a world that you won't live in probably longer than 70 years? Most of us. Why don't you realize time is short? But you think you go to a cemetery, those people don't wish they would have drank one more time or went to one more party or went to one more club or skipped church one more Sunday or didn't go in an altar one more day or made more money. I guarantee some of them wish they would have went to church more and prayed more and served the God... You can do what you want, but as for me and my house, I'm going to praise the Lord with everything that I have from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet because my God is forever. He's the beginning. He's the end. Is this all right, church? Whatever God could do, he still can do. Whatever God was, he will be, right? His power will not diminish over time, right? If he was a healer, he's still a healer, right? If he was a provider, he's still a provider. If he was a waymaker, he's still a waymaker, right? If he could part the Red Sea, he can still part the Red Sea. If he can raise the dead, he could still raise the dead. If he could turn water into wine, he can still turn water. There's nothing God could do that he cannot do today. You're, but, but, so he will be here forever. But I'm going to bust all of your bubbles in a world that's very shallow. Your attributes will diminish. That's why some of us wear glasses. Some of us have dentures. Because what was isn't anymore. That's why some of us lose our hair. Our pastor, it just turns white. (laughs) Others get wrinkles, right? Because whatever used to be is not. Whatever God was, he still is and always will be. 
Father time doesn't stop for us. I don't care how much Botox surgery, Botox you get. I don't care how many lip lifts you get. I don't care how many tummy tucks you get. You're still going to get old. I've never seen an 80-year-old person that looks like they're 20. That's all going to pass away, and you're going to have to have another surgery to replace that surgery because nothing lasts forever. So you better have money the rest of your life because once you go down that road, it gets expensive. But I'm here to tell you, you can't keep this thing on the earth forever. But what I do for eternity is what matters. My soul is the only thing that's going to live. So I'm not going to worry about my flesh. From dust I came and from dust I will go. But I serve an immutable God. So what I worship up there is what matters long term. So as for me and my house, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will worship him from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Is this all right, church? Can I have about 10 minutes? I'm watching. Uh, if he created you with something in mind, he will not then create you and change his mind. His method may change, but his counsel doesn't change. Did you hear me there on the front row? His method may change, but his counsel doesn't change. You know what? We made decisions in our life. You made decisions in your life. Well, you made decisions in your life. And some decisions you told me affected your life. But it doesn't mean his calling for you has changed. His method had to change. He had to send a crazy preacher to you to knock on your door. Right? You've had all of these strokes that have affected your body. And I'm not being offensive. You've shared with us. And I don't think you care if I share it. Because the decisions you made that you're still paying for today. Am I correct? But he still doesn't mean God doesn't love you. His way of reaching you is different now than it would have been then. But he's still trying to reach you. But he didn't say you wouldn't suffer the consequences of the decisions that you make. People think they can live like the devil and never have to suffer consequences. You will pay for your consequences because you serve an immutable God. And your body is mutable. And if you put bad things in it eventually it's going to affect your body you think you're cool and can get go high get drunk and party but eventually your body's going to pay for it but it doesn't mean that god doesn't love you and that he still doesn't call you you may come in here all broken up you may come in here bad aired and bruised but my god still loves you he's still the same yesterday today and forevermore so as for me in my house i will lift up my hands and praise the lord with everything that i have from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet so decisions even as a young person as she makes i'm not picking on her but she's in the front row she told me she's in 11th grade you may, he may have to reroute you, but the destination remains the same. The decisions you make as a mom have affected you. The decisions she makes as a young lady from here on out will affect her. Bad decisions, we can get away with them for a season. Bad things we do, we can get away with it. I'm not picking, I'm picking on anybody. I'm just using generalities. I'm talking to myself. Bad decisions will affect all of us. You can look at people. She as a young lady can look at older women and see what it's done to their lives. And she could say, well, I could choose that path, but eventually I will have to pay the piper. Living for God, sometimes, Job said, though he slays me, I will still trust him. It's not always easy to serve God. But when he slays me, I will arrive. He just may have to reroute me. Your circumstances doesn't change his purpose. He is absolute. But your circumstances, a lot of it, are because of decisions that we have made on the journey. When Moses started running away from the Hebrew children, he ran from them because they rejected him. He loved them and they hurt him. Moses is having a love affair with the Hebrew children because his mama was Hebrew. His daddy was Hebrew. But his experience was Egyptian. He was raised with Egyptians, but his parents were Hebrews. 
caught between a rock and a hard plate. Moses goes on the run because he gets mad at an Egyptian and kills him because he was messing with some Hebrews. So Moses loses his temple. He goes on the run, runs away from Egypt, crosses the desert through the water to Midian, hides in Jethro's house for almost 40 years. He disappears. For 40 years, the pastor of the Old Testament is out of commission. We preach about him. If you've ever been around any kind of church, if you haven't heard Moses preach, you haven't been around church very much. Forty years Moses disappeared and was out of commission. He was AWOL. He was MIA. He was so much like an Egyptian that the Egyptians thought he was Egyptian. He spoke an Egyptian. He was educated in Egyptian. He passed himself off as an Egyptian. And now he dwelt amongst the Midianites. Because he killed one, so he had to run. For 40 years he lived Amongst the Midianites. He slept there. He met a woman there. Hear me. He married a woman there. Her name was Zipporah. She birthed him two children. Moses thought he'd got away from God. Let me explain something. So in other words, Moses did something. Circumstances did something that he wasn't supposed to do. He ran from God for a while. In his mutable body, he thought if he left his comfort zone and went on a run and went in hiding to Midian. And we think the Bible was 2,000 years ago and it doesn't relate today. Yes, it does. The only thing that's different is technology, but his people are people. He goes to, to Midian, finds a beautiful woman. He marries her. She births him two beautiful children. She is the seventh daughter of Zeborah. He lives in this community for about four 40 years. That is a generation, a lifetime. And he thinks he got away from God. I'm just going to live my life. And he was being successful. Sometimes some of you are looking at me going, well, I've been living my life all right. And I don't need God. I've been doing what I want to do when I want to do how I want to do. Hey, no preacher going to tell me what to do. Ain't no God going to tell me what to do. I'm good. I can have God in my heart. I can have God in my home. I don't got to go to church. I can do when and what, how I want, because it's the way I want. But let me tell you something. Moses thought so too. And yet it's possible to be successful and be successfully wrong. How do you know? Because God told Joshua, I want you to have good success. So why would he tell Joshua to have good success if there's a thing called bad success? Because you can be successful in the world and be lost as long as a day is long and God's still trying to reach your soul. I hate to tell you, but you can have money in the bank or you can be enjoying life with your friends and be poor as a day is long and think that life is good, but you still can be lost from God if you don't have a relationship with him. And God ran down and he found Moses and Midian and he said, I see where you're at. You can run, you can hide, but I will find you because I am God. Moses is successfully wrong, tending his life, living in Midian. And all of a sudden, after 40 years, God appears to Moses. God has appeared to some of you this morning. All of a sudden, you've been living your life, Gail, and we come knocking at your door. I need to get back in church. I need to go to church. I remember you telling me that. I want to go to church. I need to get my life together. Gail, I don't know how old you are. You did tell me your age, but I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But you know, you know, hey, we don't know how long we're going to live, but we need to get back to church. We need to get ourselves get together, right? But we're comfortable. We were comfortable. It's easy to lay up in your warm apartment or your house, whatever you live in, and when it's 30, 39 degrees outside in Baton Rouge, it's easy to lay up in your crib and not get out of bed and just relax, and you're comfortable. Even though you got to deal with the world, it would have been much easier to sleep in and not get out today. Or it would have been easier to get up and pop a cold one, I'm just being honest, sit on your front porch, gossip about your neighbors, or watch what the neighbors are doing. You know I'm right because some of you are laughing. Listen, I was raised up in that. I know how that works. 
or sit at home and watch the pregame show for two hours of what they think is going to happen in a football game, which never happens of what they say is going to happen. But for two hours, you sit there and waste time that you're never going to get back. And they say, well, if this happens, but if that happens, and if he goes here and she goes there and mama goes there and grandma takes a cross route and Billy goes over here, then Tommy will win. And then it comes back and goes, everything they said was going to happen didn't happen. So you just wasted two hours of your time that you'll never get back. Nobody said that LSU was going to win 13 to 10 yesterday. Zero people said Arkansas was going to sack their quarterback 10 times. Nobody saw that coming. He was going to be a 55. I mean, I heard it everywhere. That wasn't supposed to happen because nobody knows. It's a waste of time. You'll never get it back. So why do you waste your energy on things that don't matter? That's what God was telling Moses. You can run and you can get you this beautiful, gorgeous, and I'm just using this, I'm being funny, Hispanic wife, and, you know, and get you this beautiful woman, and you can run off and have two beautiful children, and you can live this great life and enjoy your world, but then all of a sudden wake up one day and be lost as the day is long. And that's where Moses was. And Moses is walking down the street, living his life, living in the desert where I was preaching before I came here of California. California is desert. They have bushes everywhere. So it's not uncommon for bushes to catch fire, right? West Texas, if you've ever been there, bushes catch on fire because it's 120, 150,000 degrees. It rains like once a year for five minutes. So it's not uncommon for a bush to catch on fire. So preachers don't preach this right. So I got your attention. Moses is walking by a bush, and he's living his life, doing what he wants, thinking he's going to live forever, even though he's not like a lot of us do. You've already buried two, one cousin because of cancer, one answer because of diabetes, and one Uncle Bill because he was just Uncle Bill. But we still, for some reason, got to go to 20 funerals, and we still think we are going to live forever because it doesn't register, and a preacher could preach that we're always going to be here because the devil wants you to think that your life is eternal because if your life is eternal, you won't fall on your knees and serve God because you think you have forever. But you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. A lot of people die within hours of finding out they're sick or they get in a car accident or something goes wrong. You're not guaranteed that you're going to have time to prepare. I'm preaching to you that your body is immutable, but my God is immutable. So why don't you take your old mutable carcass and walk up in this crib, lift up your hands, and say, Lord, by your grace and mercy, I'm still here today. By your grace and mercy, I've been able to walk up in this building. By your grace and mercy, I can lift up your hands. By your grace and mercy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I feel the Holy Ghost. Is this the good part right here? Can I have five minutes and I'm done? I'm watching that clock. Five minutes. I got five, right? No, no, I got five. If people would sit around and spend too much time, you know, we're having a conversation about the saints. Don't get offended. Don't come up here and punch me in the face. We're having a conversation about the saints. And I said, man, they said, I'm a Saints fan. I said, well, I'm, I'm, man, that's got to be tough. And I just give them, a, give them a hard time. But these women got fired up in my car. They said, we go, if you don't talk bad about our saints, you're going to find yourself on the side of the road. We're taking this car, and we're going to church without you. <laughs> Pastor, that's the most emotion these people have shown this whole service when I said that about the saints. But, I, but my point is this. There's nothing wrong with the saints. I, I don't have anything against them. <laughs> They're... 
But that's stuff that you doesn't really matter at the end of the road because all that's going to pass next year. Everything is next year, next year. That's where we live our life, but we're not guaranteed we're going to be here next year. <laughs> well, they did beat the saints, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so let's, yeah, young, young kids in the front row going, oh, pastor, why did you do that? But it, I will, <laughs> but I will tell you this: Moses is walking by this bush, right? And he's thinking he's immutable. I mean, and he thinks his life is going by, and he sees this bush on fire, and he walks by it, and this immutable God gets in the midst of this immutable bush, and he walks by it, and it's not a big deal because he sees bush, bushes burning all the time because he lives in the desert. But it should not be a big deal, right? But. He, he walks by, and he knows that bush should eventually burn out. It's kind of like, you know what, eventually, if so, this building catches on fire, eventually, if no firemen come, it's going to burn down. Let's, I'm using, I know it's simple talk, but I'm trying to get everybody's attention. Well, he's going by a bush, and it's on fire, right, friend? Eventually, that bush is going to burn down to nothing but ashes, right? Well, common sense says he walked by the bush. It's in a big old flame. It's not a big bush. The Bible Bible says when Moses saw the bush burning, he kept walking. But when the bush was not consumed, do you hear me? He noticed, why is this thing not burning out? It wasn't just, that thing's still on fire. The fire should have went out. And he kept walking by it. And because the fire kept burning, he turned his head aside to see. The wonder was, how can it be on fire so long and not burn up? When an immutable God, this will preach a sermon in itself, gets inside of a mutable body, it's called the presence of the Holy Ghost. When an immutable God gets inside of a mutable body, the outside can burn up, but the inside will keep on burning because the devil can attack your physical, but he cannot rob your spiritual. I think I preached a sermon. When you get the fire of the Holy Ghost inside of you, the fire will keep on burning. When hell attacks you, you'll keep on praising. When you can't pay your bills, you'll keep on praising. When life goes down, you'll keep on praising. When you have struggles, you'll get up in the morning and keep on praising. Because ain't nobody ever done me like Jesus has. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let the enemy know when I get fire up in me, I'll begin to pray. When I get fire up in me, I'll begin to worship. When I get fire up in me. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.